Hello, welcome back to The Spoon Drawer. I'm Grace McWilliams, thank you for joining me. I would like to start today with a Spoonie service announcement. I forgot completely to mention some of the work that I did um, to celebrate Global Wellness Day. Now this day was celebrated on June 8th, so more than a month ago, I created a website for us, so thespoondrawer.wordpress.com. There you'll be able to find corresponding blog posts for each of our episodes here in the Spoon Drawer, and that might contain various images or infographics that go with the episode, but also you'll be able to have direct links to the websites where we source some of our information. So it's very good to get a well-rounded experience in the Spoon Drawer. Check out thespoondrawer.wordpress.com and subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, in addition to that, I established a Facebook page as well, The Spoon Drawer, and there you'll be able to see interesting articles that we run across as well as you'll be up to date for different posts, different fundraising events or blog um, podcast episodes. So definitely go and like us there. That is our Spoonie service announcement for the day. I want to move right on into it because I am so excited to let y'all know we had a, a listener send in an article about 15 types of fatigue. So on our last episode, we were talking about brain fog and kind of rating and grading that um, in its severity. So when we look at the symptom rating and grading, it's also important to identify which is what I like so much about the article we're going to discuss today, is that we're identifying various types of fatigue. Now, this is important because it will help us not even communicate. It will help us in our self-awareness so that we might be able to more rapidly identify why we're fatigued and then be a little bit more proactive in the future to, as best we can to prepare for bouts of fatigue depending on the cause. So it's an interesting way of kind of looking at our own self-based solutions and this goes into being very aware and even aspects of planning so that you can make time for bed rest or so that you can make time for the fatigue that will be onset due to busyness or um, any anything, doctor's appointments that might make you a little extra tired. We just have to be very aware and prepare and plan around our fatigue because it is one of the most discussed and complained about symptoms of autoimmune diseases and of so many different diseases fatigue is the top symptom so it's worth really kind of getting to know our fatigue and this should help us all right so with that being said our information is taken from info.shogrens.org now Shogrens is spelled s-j-o-g-r-e-n-s and it's Sjogren's Syndrome. So this website is from the Sjogren's Syndrome Foundation. And Sjogren's is a disorder of the immune system identified by two common symptoms, dry eyes and dry mouth. And this condition often piggybacks other immune disorders like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. So there's a little background on Sjogren's, very much a syndrome caused by other 
diseases or aspects of autoimmune diseases. So everybody can have fatigue who's chronically ill or immunologically compromised. So let's dive into the article by Terry. So let's dive into the article by Terry Rump, PhD. We're gonna start with the first fatigue type, basic fatigue. And these are all going to be paraphrasing, just so you know, not directly quoting. And basic fatigue is the regular nature of inflammatory autoimmune diseases. So just that fatigue that comes from even having autoimmune diseases. The next one I think is very helpful is rebound fatigue. And it's basically you push yourself too far, you overexert yourself, you ignore your body's cues for rest, and then the next day, or for the next few days, you deal with immobilizing fatigue from overdoing it. And that is your rebound fatigue. You also will see sudden fatigue, which is our third type. And this is a kind of crumple and fold phenomenon as she describes it. And it basically comes on very suddenly and you have to stop whatever you're doing. Next, we have weather-related fatigue. So this is going to be very intertwined with humidity and rain and snow and all of the body pains and fatigue that can come from fluctuating weather pressures as long as just fluctuating weather. Molten lead phenomenon is a very interesting name that the author came up with, which is described as a fatigue present when the eyes open in the morning and you know it's going to be a particularly bad day. It feels as if someone has poured molten lead on your head and your limbs and as if moving is with heavy weights. So all the limbs feel like heavy weights. It can be associated with increased symptoms of fibromyalgia. The next one we're gonna talk about is tired wired. Now this one I deal with all the time and your body might be tired, but your brain is so going, going and it won't let your body rest. So tired wired might be brought on by various medications or too much caffeine, sometimes just too much excitement. The next is number seven and it's flare related fatigue. And so basically when we're in a increased fatigue state brought on by flare of, of symptoms, whether you have a lupus flare or a fibromyalgia flare, um, this would be a fatigue directly attributed to that. Fatigue related to other physical causes. So it's important to also have this as an option for communication or identification where you're going to see fatigue brought on by very specific causes like thyroid problems or anemia. You could also use like post, um, not post-traumatic stress, PMS, premenstrual syndrome could be a great example of fatigue related to other physical causes. So that way I personally know that I'm always extra tired around that time. So that's a good example because every month. We also will see number nine, fatigue impairing concentration. We're going to see stress, distress, anxiety, or depression, which can create emotional fatigue and sometimes is just as bad as a fatigue brought on by physical causes. We're going to see a fatigue that comes from not sleeping well. 
because it's very challenging for people with autoimmune diseases to get into REM sleep and stay there and feel very rested in the morning. A lot of the times we suffer from very poor quality sleep. So understanding that the fatigue that comes from that and that not sleeping well would be the cause. So fatigue that comes from normal aging, but made worse by your chronic illness. Next up, we have fatigue that comes from a chronic illness that just won't quit is how it is worded. And basically, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. It weighs on you emotionally, mentally, and physically over time when we deal every day and we don't necessarily reach a sense of remission. So that is its own kind of fatigue. We're going to look at two new aspects that were added, um, I believe this year, earlier this year. So fatigue that comes from trying to keep up with family and friends who don't have a chronic illness. And a good example of this is when you have family coming to town and you want to take them around, but you really don't have the amount of spoons needed to be a tour guide and that kind of pressure when company comes to town or when we go off and travel and visit. That can be exhausting and lead to days in bed kind of fatigue. So doctor fatigue. We're going to see the exhaustion that comes from spending time in waiting rooms, talking to doctors, getting your lab work done. Um, it's exhausting, once again, emotionally, mentally, and physically. So doctor fatigue is very important to note when we look at the diagnosis process or even the treatment process. Because doctor's offices and doctor's appointments can be quite grueling. All right, so we've talked about the kinds of fatigue here. So let's take it a step farther. It seems very overwhelming to be presented with 15 different types of fatigue. But the reason why it's very important for us to take a minute and get to know these is so that, like I mentioned earlier, we can more quickly identify the source or the cause of our fatigue. And that would lead to the ability to better plan around certain engagements and allow time for rest. And I will use the family fatigue as an example. If I know I've got friends coming or family coming to see me, and let's say that they're gonna be here for three days, I know that I need to request off of work or schedule off of work for four to five days to allow one to two days rest after the family has gone. This is not because you're lazy or I'm lazy. It is to ensure more sustainable behavior when dealing with chronic illness. It's the up and down symptoms, the flares, the body crashes that really make life unpredictable and challenging. So the more that we allow and plan for rest, hopefully the better off consistently we could be. So not taking the time to bring in that aspect of self-care and self-awareness is going to be very important in trying to maintain. Now, this is a pretty brief little episode, but it's part of our symptoms, rating, grading, identifying, understanding. We want to be able to incorporate this knowledge 
like I said earlier, so that we can try to gather a more consistent existence with our energy levels by understanding what causes the fatigue. So if you have a completely restless night's sleep, you know in the next few days you need to plan some time for you to just rest. And it's inconvenient and it's expensive. Rest is expensive because the more we rest, the less we're out there working and making money. But if you at all want to have the ability to consistently work and make money, sometimes that means balancing bed rest and balancing rest in with our daily activities. All right, so I hope you guys were able to find that a little bit useful in your coping mechanisms. And we're going to be talking soon about some very important issues around autoimmune diseases and chronic illness. So stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in. This has been a Coastal Empire Wellness production. Please visit us at thespoondrawer.wordpress.com. Thank you. Bye-bye.